0: Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives. And my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Good evening, church. It's so glad. I'm so glad that you could join with us once again this evening to be able to gather together to listen to what God has to speak to us. And I'm so excited because, well, one is because we're wrapping up the series today of our series, What We've Been Doing All This While, Where's My Money? Today we're in week seven, and I've titled today's message as The Multiplication Principle. Now, Again, I'm just praying and hoping, you know, over this last couple of weeks, you know, that we've been listening to the series on money. We've spoken about tithing. We've spoken about, you know, why it's important to tithe and how much to tithe and the attitude, you know, with which we give and all of those things. And it's important for us to always look back and, uh, you know, praise God for the podcast series, you know, uh, that's still available. So at any time you want to go back and listen to any of these messages still up there. So Uh, I'm just saying, you know, do go back, do listen to this because like I said earlier and right throughout this entire series, you know, these are some of the principles that I've shared, you know, with you all is something that has really changed my life and I believe that, you know, even as you are willing to go through these principles, you're willing to apply these principles into your lives, I promise you that your life will change even before you know it. Now. Like I said, today is week seven. We're doing the multiplication principle. Now, I don't know about you, okay? But let me tell you about this, about myself. I used to really hate math when I was growing up, okay? Math was not my favorite subject. And, uh, but, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that multiplication is definitely better than addition, okay? And, And having said that, let me say this also. Our God, is a God of multiplication, all right? So let me ask all of you this question even before we start today's message. Would it be all right with you if God would multiply your resources, all right? I mean think about this you know we, we often you know many times when we come to a place where you know we're looking for a job or we're looking for you know a new place or a new this we always look at you know how much or every time we think about an investment I'm sure you know some of you investors we think about man if I put my money into this place is it going to multiply is it going to be beneficial for me can I tell you this God wants to multiply Our resources. All right. So here's let me just quickly get into the word. All right. Um, Two principles of multiplication that I want to share with you from a very familiar story that most of us are aware of. All right. It's found in the book of Luke, um, chapter 9. We're going to read from verse 12 to verse 17. When the day began to wear away, The twelve came and said to him, that is Jesus, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. But he, Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made all of them sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Now, this is probably, you know, Uh, One of the most famous stories, okay, popularly we hear it as feeding of the five thousand. All right, now what is interesting here? Okay, it says that there were five thousand men. Now I get that but let's also understand something about how headcounts were taken you know back in that day every time they would take a headcount of a crowd of people they would always count the men and not the women or the children that came along with them that's because the men were considered to be the head of the home so every time they would count you know they would count okay there's one man in his family there's another man in his family they would count the number of men it says here that there were 5,000 I'm assuming that there were a family of four let's say the was a husband, the man, the wife and children who came along, that itself would just amount roughly to around 20,000 people. So what I want us to understand about this miracle is that this is much a larger miracle than we can possibly imagine. Now, Here's what I want us to imagine what's happening. Now think about, you know, the fact that there's this large conference that's happening here. Alright, Jesus is the senior pastor and he's speaking away without a break. The disciples who are probably the, you know, the hosts of the entire thing. They're the coordinators of, you know, the entire conference. And like any coordinator or any host of a conference, what's running on their minds is the fact that the people, the audience have been sitting there without a break, no food, no water, and they've just been listening to Jesus speak and speak and speak. And they're probably, you know, handling the affairs backstage, they are getting worried because man, what are we going to do with the people? Now, it says here that the day began to wear away. So I'm imagining that the disciples, you know, probably somewhere, I don't know, maybe somewhere towards the afternoon or sometime like that, they would have approached Jesus and they would have told him, Jesus, listen, you need to understand Jesus, there's no food to eat. Jesus looks at them and what's interesting is he tells them, okay, well, there's nothing to eat, why don't you give them something to eat? What do you think the disciples would have been thinking? Now, I'm thinking, you know, many times when we approach Jesus, you know, we come to Jesus with our prayer request. We expect Jesus to answer our prayers. We expect a lot of those things. But what happens if Jesus looks right back at us and says, listen, why don't you do something about it? I mean, and and isn't it interesting? The disciples thought that Jesus would do something. Maybe either he would have wrapped up the conference, the meeting, and send the people home so they could go and get some food to eat. You know, they're not prepared for this. They're not prepared for a whole day probably. And here's Jesus looking at them and telling them, Listen, guys. I want you to do something about it. Now, what's interesting at that time is, they would have seen probably, you know, they would have gone backstage and they're still wondering what to do. And they would have probably seen this little boy who had this combo meal, okay, five loaves and two fish. He probably brought it off from store or whatever. He's there. So they would have probably taken that food and they would have gone back to Jesus. And I'm imagining they would have told, listen, Jesus, you told us, you know, we need to do something about this. We're thinking about it. The only thing that we have are these five loaves and two fish. Now, Here's the interesting part. Jesus takes the loaves, he blesses them and gives it back to the disciples to distribute it. Now, what do you think the disciples are thinking now? I mean, here's here's the disciples thinking that, man, we're going to give, you know, the little that we have, we're going to take it and we're going to give it to Jesus. And I'm sure Jesus would probably, you know, multiply that and ask us, you know, and he would they would have expected a miracle that Jesus would have done something with the miracle as they were handing over the five loaves and the two fish. But, what did Jesus do? Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, he blesses it and he gives it and hands it back to them and he tells them to distribute it. Now, can I tell you something, church? It didn't make sense, does it? All right. Can I tell you another thing? Tithing never makes sense because when Jesus gives back you know, the food to them, they still had the same quantity which is five loaves and two fish. Now, what are we going to do about it? But Jesus tells them, to give it away. And here's the interesting part of the story. The disciples take a step of faith and they start distributing, or rather they start doing what Jesus tells them to do. Now, the miracle, Okay, here's what I believe what happened as you know, probably um, I mean, it says, okay, I understand Jesus is a math person because and disciples were probably math people as well, because they said that they arranged the groups in sitting down in 50. Okay, so they had groups who were seated in 50, 50 numbers. And, you know, if you've ever handled a group you know how difficult even handling one small group is like. So here's the disciples, okay, massive crowd, they're getting the people to sit in groups of 50 and they started distributing the food. Now I want you to imagine what's happening there. The disciples are probably, you know, probably one disciple is gone to one group and he's saying, listen, guy, I, the first person he's looking at and he's telling them, listen, you need to take just a small piece of bread. He goes to the next person, small piece, small piece, small piece and by the time he reaches the end of that line, if they are seated in a line, I'm imagining, you know, it's such a small piece of loaf that is left over, what do you think happened? That's where I believe the miracle takes place, where the you know the loaves begin to literally multiply. Now Here's something that I don't want us to misjudge. The miracle did not happen in the master's hands. It happened in the disciples' hands. Jesus, they gave, you know what, the little that they had to Jesus and they expected that the miracle would happen in Jesus' hands. But Jesus only takes it, he blesses it and he gives it back to the disciples. And what does the disciples do? They start giving it away by faith. And that is where the miracle takes place. The miracle took place in the disciples' hands. Now. Let me just give it straight to you all right two principles of multiplication that we can learn from this story here's number one it has to be blessed before it can multiply. We have seen this in our series. The way our finances are blessed is when we bring the first 10% into the house of the Lord. The first principle of multiplication, church, I want us to understand this. It's important to have the blessing of the Lord on our resources that we expect to see multiplied. And that is why tithing, the first 10% is important that you bring it into the house of the Lord. Because, and, and you know a couple of weeks back, if you remember, we also saw this, that who receives the tithes in heaven? It is Jesus himself who receives the tithes, you know, when in heaven. And it's only when we give the first 10% to the Lord that He blesses them and then the remaining 90% begins to multiply. Now, here's something about the story that I want you to think about. What would have happened if the disciples had simply given the five loaves and two fish to the people before allowing Jesus Christ to bless it? Can I ask you this question? Do you think it would have multiplied? I don't think so. It was important that the disciples, what they did, they brought it to Jesus. Jesus blessed it and gave it back to them and that's the reason the loaves were able to multiply. If the disciples said, okay, listen, guys, we've got five loaves and two fish. Jesus said to do something, probably there's going to be a miracle and they just, you know, went about randomly doing it without the blessing of the Lord. The miracle would have never taken place. So here's point number one, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. Here's the second principle of multiplication, it has to be given away before it can multiply. The first principle of multiplication is the tithing principle. But can I tell you this, once you're given that into the local storehouse or into the local church where you belong, anything you give over and above your tithes, that's your offering. And can I tell you this, the tithes, we have seen this before, the tithes needs to, all of the tithes needs to be given into the local church and anything above that, that's your offering, can be given to the missions, to the charity organizations, to any other ministry, you want to support a pastor, it doesn't matter, you can give it to anybody, that's your offering, but Here's a principle that I don't want us to miss, it has to be given away. Think about this, alright, going back to the story that we just looked at. What if the disciples, after Jesus had blessed it, decided to eat it for themselves? Now think about this, they had five loaves and two fish, they took it, take it to Jesus and Jesus, you know, takes the food, he blesses it, he gives it back to the disciples. And the disciples say, listen, there's no miracle that took place in Jesus' hands, alright. So. I don't think we can give this food to the crowd. Okay, we're going to be crazy if we're going to do that. So let's just eat it amongst ourselves. Do you think it would have multiplied? Do you think they would have had a chance to see the miracle happen? It would have never multiplied if they had decided to keep the food for themselves. Now, can I tell you this, Judge? There are so many people that I know who tithe, but who never give anything over and above that. And here's what they don't understand. The only way they can see their resources or their finances multiply if they're willing to give away the 90% that they have in their hands. Now, I'm not asking you to give it everything away, all right? But let me say this. It's important to learn to give also, not just your tithes, but well over and above your tithes as well, which is your offering. Now, let me share my testimony with you, okay? Um, I remember, you know, as a young young person, I just finished my college and I, I was trying to get to work and I finally ended up, you know, getting work in a clinic. All right. And and uh, my boss, you know, at that time, he said, listen, uh, most of the dentists that works with him would normally work under a commission basis. And so I decided, listen, that's fine with me. I, would, I don't mind. I had no skills, no previous experience, nothing. I'm starting out fresh. But I said, that's fine. We will go ahead with the... Um, Commission thing. And I will never forget this. Okay. The first salary that I received at that month was 2500 rupees. All right. This was in the year 2006. I'll never forget it. I was staying in a rented apartment. I had to pay a rental of around 3500 rupees, 1000 rupees short of my own rental. And that's the, the the most interesting thing was that's the time when you know I was learning about tithing and the whole principle of 10%. So I decided, listen, I need to give my 10%. How much is 10%? Like 2,500, 250. And I figured 250 is a little less. Let me round it off. Let me make it 500 rupees. And I gave my first tithe as 500 rupees to the Lord. And I remember, you know, I wasn't feeling that great. All right, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't feeling that great. I came back. And and I cried out to the Lord and I told the Lord, Lord, you've got to do something about it. My mom was there with me at the time and she helped me out financially so I could take care of my rental and what other expenses as well. But I'll never forget this, all right? To the next month, the end of the next month, my salary commission basis literally doubled and I had 5,000 rupees and over the next couple of months it just simply began to grow the Lord began to bless me and I started and I remember after one year I went left that place I was able to start my own clinic and I just continued to go on but I'll not forget this. I think it was maybe around nine to 10 years ago that the Lord really spoke to me and he told me, he very clearly told me, Danny, you need to put your finances in order so that I can bless you. And I didn't understand well enough till one day, you know, I was going back through the book of Malachi and the same tithe was, you know, which we looked, you know, a couple of weeks back. And he said there very clearly that, listen, the Lord says that you're robbing me. He tells the people, you're robbing me of in tithes and in offerings. And that's when it struck me because I know that I was tithing very well. Every month without fail, I would always take an offertory cover and I would put my 10% faithfully and I would give it back to the local church. But I realized that there was no proper tab on my offerings. I would just casually put in, you know, the, the, the week that I was not tithing, I would just take some random money and put some random money into the offering bag. And the Sundays that I don't attend church, uh, I, you know, when I'm not there or I'm not feeling well or whatever, I wouldn't put an offering. So I realized that, you know, there was no proper uh, systematic tab on my offering. So I developed a plan. I sat down, I prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, give me a plan. So I decided that, listen, I'm going to tithe 10%, but I would also set apart 10% for my offerings as well. Now, here's the interesting thing that happened. Because of that, the fact that, you know, I would set aside 10% for my offerings Every time there was a big need, either in the local church, or in any other missionaries that I knew or organizations that I knew that was doing God's work, every time they had a need, I all I had to do was go back, look into my offering amount, and just take the money and give it to whoever I felt I needed to give to. I always had excess amount to give, you know, for charity work or to missionaries or to you know support a pastor, whatever it was. But and and it was going really well, but can I tell you this? Somehow I still was not able to see a breakthrough in my finances. And I remember, you know, um, a couple of years back there was a there was a pastor who came to preach at our local church, and he was talking about finances. And I never forget this, you know, because it really convicted me. The Holy Spirit really gripped my heart. he really convicted me about this. And he said this, you know. He said that most Christ followers, most believers, when it comes to their finances, they're either in Egypt in bondage or they're wandering in the wilderness. And there's only a handful that has moved into the promised land. Now, here's the thing about the promised land we need to understand. The promised land is a place of overflow. That convicted me very deeply. I realized about myself, about my finances that I know that I'm not in bondage, but I know that I'm still in the wilderness where I'm just living off kind of daily manna kind of thing and I've still not moved into a place of overflow in my finances and you know there was a desire that came in mind to me that I you know everything I'm doing is right but you know why is it that I'm not still not able to move into a place of overflow and you know it was later. That the lord showed me certain principles you know that I had to deal with in my own life okay to be able to move into a place of overflow now here's the first thing you know two principles that you know the Lord very specifically showed me number one the debt principle Dbt the debt principle okay one thing that the lord showed me very clearly that if I had borrowed money if I had someone that I had to lend owe money to I had borrowed money from somebody I needed to give somebody back the money I had a loan I had some credits that was going on you know he just simply cannot bless me here's what you know solomon writes in the book of proverbs 22 verse 7 the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender when you have money that you owe someone that forces you into bondage all right this came to me strongly i never forget how this you know how the lord uh, gave me a revelation about this particular verse was in my clinic you know there was um, every month we have you know what's called as i call it as my lab bills you know where i give some work to the lab they do some work for me and i'm supposed to pay them at the end of every month there was this one lab person who was very casual about collecting the money now it's not that i forgot to give it to him it's not that i intended not to give to him but he wouldn't come around i would just end up forgetting about it so what happened was you know over it This went on for one month, two months, three months. And by the time I realized, and I remember, you know, patient, I remember the third month where patients were coming really well, even into the fourth month, you know, patients were coming really well, but somehow I was really struggling in my finances. Somehow there was nothing I could save at the end of the month. And I, and I began to calculate, and I went through everything and I realized that this lab person, I had not paid him for almost four months now. And I immediately, as soon as I realized that, I called him up, I told him, come over, you take all of your money right now. And four months of lab bill, I paid it off in that one shot and i never forget. And the fifth month, all right, I finally began to see a flow in my finances. And can I tell you this, Church, if you are in debt, if you owe money to somebody, you have to give money to somebody. Can I tell you this, if it's a loan, if it's something that you have to give to the bank, credit card bills, whatever it is, listen, church, I'm not against loans, I'm not against credit card bills, but try to clear off them as soon as you can, because the minute you enter into a place where you owe money to somebody, you're entering into bondage, and it can take a toll on your finances, because spiritually, you're entering into bondage. Okay, so that's the first principle, the debt principle, learn to stay free from debt. Here's that's principle number one. Here's principle number two, give, all right? Just simply give. When the Lord first showed me this, I simply told the Lord, Lord, I already give to you. I've been putting my tithes faithfully and you know, I've been giving my offerings faithfully, but I felt the Lord was telling me, especially in regard to my tithing, He said, listen, the tithes specifically belong to me. You're already giving to me what's mine. So that's not really giving. And I remember this, um, our pastor, you know, he used to always say that, you know, it's 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 good that you're giving 10%, but he would always challenge us to give more than 10%. And I remember, you know, I used to hear that quite often and I thought, okay, fine, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to increase my giving from 10%. So I decided that, I mean, I I know it's a step of faith, but I'm not a great You know, person of fate at that point of time. So I decided, you know, if I'm going to increase something, let me increase it by 0.5. So I started giving 10.5. After all, I thought, you know, decimal values count as well. But over the years, you know, let me say this. You know, now I'm just giving up to 12% in my tithe. But I realized late, you know, much at that point of time that that was just the beginning. Uh, Later on, you know, when I was in my clinic and I was just handling these things in my clinic, and if you've heard, you know, my testimony about my clinic, which I've mentioned so many times, is that, you know, when I started my clinic, it wasn't doing that great. And I gave the ownership of my clinic to the Lord. And I felt the Lord was telling me that, you know, I needed to set apart a portion of my income that came from the clinic to set it aside I felt the Lord was asking me to set aside that income and He would you know tell me where to give and when to give and all of those details and and, and I remember praying about how much to set aside and I finally you know I felt the Lord was strongly laying in my heart to lay aside 15% from there can I tell you this church in everything together today you know including my tithes including my offerings my clinical income everything together to the Lord I'm giving a total of around 37% and I've let me say this right from the beginning, I've only been blessed by giving so much to the Lord you know, I'm not saying that. You know, what I'm giving is, you know, a great detail, and I'm sure some of you are already giving, you know, much more. But can I challenge you this? You know, uh, I already shared, you know, the story of Colgate and how much they're giving. They're giving up to 90%. All right. Now, here's another testimony that I've heard. All right, Pastor Joseph, you know, who's the founder and you know, the senior pastor of the entire New Life organization in Mumbai. It's reported that he gives up to 92% to the Lord. Now. The reason I'm sharing all of these details is simply because, listen, I want to challenge all of you to be able to go to the next level when it comes to it. I'm not saying that none of you are giving, some of you are. You know Give extra gently. But I'm just saying Listen Is it possible That you can Maybe go an extra mile You can give something More to the Lord And, and you know Even as we wrap up This series today I want to challenge You know Each of us Listen When you look back At the story Of Jesus And the disciples You know Who were simply Giving away They first brought You know The five loaves And two fish Gave it to the Lord The Lord blessed them Then they took it And when they started Giving it away To the crowd It just simply Began to multiply And that I believe Lord I believe is what God wants each of His people who follow Him, each of the Christ followers, every one of us, you know, to be able to reach a place where we're willing to see our finances multiply. Now. Um, even, even as we wrap up the series and we close today, I want to you know, ask you to very specifically, you know, just take a moment of time right now to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you specifically trying to tell me? You know We're going to just close in prayer in just a moment, but I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you trying to speak to me? I know you know some of you might be thinking, Danny, you have no idea. It's so difficult, you know, to manage my expenses and so many bills. And some of us, you know, you, you might be thinking that, man, I have so much of loan and I have so much of debt. Can I say this, all right, in closing? It's important, you know, that you don't set aside your tithe to close off your debt. Make sure you tithe faithfully, okay? That's an important principle. When it comes to your offering and regarding, you know, how much you want to set aside for your offering, please make sure you clear off your debt and then think about your offering uh, income, uh, amount, all right? So, so I just want to... You know ask you to just for a moment maybe some of you you've been listening about this tithing things in the last couple of weeks and you've been thinking man maybe I should take a step of faith and do it can I tell you this you need to take a step of faith and do it all right figure out which is the local church that you belong to that you you believe God wants you to be a part of. Go to that local church and give 10% of your income faithfully. Alright? And, and 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 for some of you, you know, who have been tithing, maybe you never thought about the offering and maybe you never given, you know, more than much above and above your tithes. Can I ask you and challenge you, listen, can you think about giving an offering to the Lord? Listen, it can be any amount. It can be, you know, Uh, anything that you want to give but listen it's important that we have a proper tab on our tithes and our offerings and how much we're going to give to the lord i know it's a step of faith but can i tell you this church it's a step that will be well rewarded you know even as we close our eyes and we look to the Lord in prayer right now I want you to ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit give me the faith Lord Lord to be able to do what you're calling me to do Lord Father it took a big step of faith for the disciples to be able to go out there stand in front of crowds of people and take those five loaves and two fish and start distributing with just the little that they had but as they were distributing it remember this church they saw the miracle unfold right in front of their eyes and that is the place that God is calling us to be and that is the place that God wants us to be in to see the miracle unfold in our lives when it comes to our own finances. Father, even as we are in your presence this evening, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, Lord, Lord, for bringing us into this place, for enabling us to listen to this entire series, Lord. Even today, what you spoke about, Lord, the multiplication principle, Lord. Father, we want us, Lord, we admit, Lord, it's not easy for many of us, Lord, to take that step of faith, Lord, Father. But Lord, I want to pray, Lord, Father, this evening, that, Lord, I want to pray for especially every person who's listening, who's willing to make a commitment to tie to you, Lord, who's willing to make a commitment to uh, keep a proper tab on the offerings that they need to give to you, Lord, that they would come to a place, Lord, Father, where they're willing Lord, to be able to do what you're calling them to do, Lord, Father, that their trust would be on you, Lord, Father they would not trust in their own resources in their own income, but Lord, their trust would be in you, and they would give it away rather than hold on to it, Lord, and I pray, Father, this evening, especially for those those who are struggling in uh, debt Lord Father the loans and all of those things Father I pray that you would intervene in their situation and Lord bring about Lord Father a freedom Lord give them opportunities Lord Father to clear off their loans completely every money that they owe Lord they will not be in bondage Lord Father we break every bondage that is there right now in the name of Jesus and I pray Lord that you would Lord enable them Lord Father to come to a place of freedom Lord to come to a place of overflow Lord Father Lord I pray And I ask for every person, Lord, Father, who is listening to this, in regard to their finances, let them come to that place of the promised land. Let them come to that place of the overflow, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, once again, I thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.